This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan and Matt Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Morning Breath, the drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. We take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time looking at it, praying about it, studying it, uh, spend some time with Jesus, do a morning devotion type of thing. Sometimes some folks read it at night before they go to bed and then read it again in the morning when they get up. A lot of different ways you can do it. The whole point behind it is get into your Bible, read your Bible. Your Bible is full of life and strength, so it's a good thing to read. Anyway, what we do is we read the chapter at home. We come down here to the studios of the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read it live on the air on this beautiful Tuesday, March 3rd. We're going to be reading Luke 23, and then we'll talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. So welcome, everybody. Good to have you. How you doing, Pastor Matt? I'm doing good. Awesome. Really good. Welcome. Yeah. You know, uh, just an amazing thing to, I don't know, just... Morning Breath's awesome. Love reading the Bible, and I love just being a part of our Christian community that we have at East Coast. Uh, so many things going on all the time, and I just got to say, the Lord is just so faithful to answer prayers, and you, know, you pray, and things are happening all the time. People are going through stuff, and I've just been reminded so much lately that we need to pray. Like, when things happen, pray. God God will take care of them, and uh, yeah, I'm just feeling that this morning, just some things going on, and so I'm just looking forward to Morning Breath, reading the chapter, and I really press them forward through the Word. Good deal. Well, tell folks how to get involved with the program. Well, you can go to eccc.us, or you can get our podcast, or you can call 321-452-1060. Um, talk to Ernestine to get a guide mailed out to you. We're going to get on our email. Um, or you can check out the app or a website to see what's going on East Coast, as well as listen to messages, morning breath, see what's happening, all the stuff, all the things, they're on the website. Or the app. And or the or, website. And or and or the app or the website. Go to your app store and type in East Coast app, and you can find us. We're on there. It's kind of a blue background with a white cross uh, is what the app looks like if you're looking for it. We've got a couple of things going on. I mean, we got a really big thing going on like that. We just announced this weekend. We just started something called We See a Church, and we, we let everybody know that we're actually going to start and have started the process of building church in Vieira. Incredible times. Yeah, you want to talk to him a little bit about that? Well, we uh, purchased some land a while back last year. Uh, felt like God really uh, supernaturally opened a door. I was in a boat in Montana at a pastor's retreat with a guy and uh, found out he was a realtor from Bavard County. Didn't really know him and uh, said, well, if you ever hear of any land available in Vieira, let us know. We've been looking. It's kind of tough to find anything at a at a great price, and he said, man, have I got the land for you. And Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and it worked out. We ended up buying the land, bought it for 100 and, was it 15? 115,000 an acre. Yeah, 115 an acre, about five acres, and uh, it's a really good deal. One right down the street, Matt looked at, and almost the exact same circumstances, three, three miles away was $1.9 million, and uh, so 575,000 was a lot better than that. And we are in the process of, uh, we've got architect, we've got a builder, we've got engineer, we've uh, got permitted starting in Brevard County, everything's uh, starting to roll, and we're believing God for miraculous uh, supply, right. provision, and he's faithful. He'll do it. 
God's drawn people. Um, we, you know, it's funny. I heard recently someone say, we don't pray for resources. We pray for people. Pray for laborers. God sends people, and people have the resources. They have the blessing on their life. And I just thought, what a cool, what a cool thought. You know, you don't have to. It's not that you don't, ha- you can't pray for resources, <laughs> but it, when you pray for people, like God's got a lot of those answers locked up in them, and that's pretty exciting. Well, a lot of people that that's more like a church view, a pastor's view. Yeah, praying for Ministries. people, ministry view. Uh, but the truth is, I've found that whenever I've had a had a problem or an issue in my life, most of the time God sends somebody, yeah. not something. And so I, you know, it's easy for us to say that's a ministry view, but in reality, a lot of times it's just a good view yeah. because we are a body. And, you know, when my uh, left arm hurts, my right arm helps. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times God does send a person, not necessarily a thing or, a, I mean, I've never found a bag of money on the front porch. Uh, you know, you didn't what, find that bag of money I left there. The oh other day. no, <laughs> um, yeah, I, it just doesn't happen that way. It happens where God opens a door and somebody else is involved in that process. So, yeah, it's I, a good prayer. Yeah, it's a good prayer. Send people, especially for our church, um, with people they have a vision to reach the lost. I've prayed for finances many times. Of course, but on faith and believe God that He provides all of my. He has, yes. faithfully. Of course. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with praying for something <laughs> in particular. The Bible says that. <laughs> it right. doesn't say what people you pray for. It says what things you pray for. Yeah, true. But so uh, there, Got there, there's there's both sides of that. It's a good, good two-sided coin. Why don't you guys come to church tomorrow night if you're looking for a worship service? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Night of worship, 7 p.m. It's going to be awesome, incredible. Like, just what a wonderful time of worshiping. Yep. Music and song, and they're putting a lot into it. We, we've been working on it for a while. So East Coast Christian Center in Merritt Island, North Courtney Parkway. Find Go to the website to find out more information. It'll be a lot of fun. Check that out. Or we have a university class starting at ECCU starting Thursday as well. If you want more information, go to the website as well. Check out our Facebook for all that stuff. That's a great part about ECCU. You can jump in every month and start fresh. So if you haven't got started yet, jump on in. Speaking of jumping on in, we got a big chapter today, of course, because we're in the Gospel of Luke, and he's he's no lightweight when it comes to writing chapters. His chapters are all around. I mean, he's got a few of them, you know, in the in the thirties, but. Yeah, like what happened, Luke? You only wrote 30 verses. Yesterday uh, was 71. Today is uh, 56. So we got a few verses. Uh, we could split it right at 28. All right. Um, I'll read up through 28. You read on. Yep. So I will read the rest. And I say to you in a second, read, oh. sir. Amen. I'm reading <laughs> from the New King James. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you king of the Jews? He answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in him. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. 
When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now, when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him because he had heard many things about him, and he'd hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they'd been at enmity with each other. Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things which you accuse him. Neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him, and indeed nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one to them at the feast." And they cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, and released to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them. But they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. Then he released to them the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will. Now, as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless woman." the wombs that never bore and the breast that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They divided up his cloths, clothes rather, by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. 
Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are all getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breast and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb, cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Ah, men. Well, what stood out to you in the chapter? I mean, it's an amazing chapter. It's, uh, you know, the it's it's pre-Easter. You know, Easter is a resurrection Sunday, and we're actually getting pretty close to Easter in our in our holidays. What is it now? March third. So we're moving right along. It's gonna be Easter before you know it, and. This is the this is the sort of dark time that uh, all of the followers of Christ and of course Christ Himself went through this uh, terrible you know a, a sham trial. I believe if you count all the times that Herod tried to excuse me Pilate tried to release him, I believe there are, are uh, at least gosh what did I come up with I think. If you look at all the ones in John, uh, when he looks, I think seven times he tries to release them. Here in Luke, he mentions it's mentioned three times. But if you look in the Gospel of John, he actually seven times tries to say, no, no, this, this guy didn't do anything wrong. Come on, guys, you know, don't do not do this. And, and tried to release them seven times yet, yielded to the will of the, the Jewish uh, High priests and the and sort of crowd that they they they'd uh, fired up to to cry out for his crucifixion. Can you imagine seven times being the leader and seven times saying, "No, we this guy's innocent. This guy's innocent. This guy's innocent," and then crucifying him anyway. It's a pretty wild moment in this guy's life as a leader. I don't know what in the world he was thinking. Yeah, help me, Jesus. Well, uh, one of the common sort of lifelong lessons you can get from this. I've heard even since I was a little kid that message that basically the peer pressure crowds forced Pilate into right. really making a decision that his life nobody like wanted him to he make. Didn't wanna, he, he didn't want to he didn't even want to make it. You know, 
uh, nobody, he didn't want to make it, but he let uh, the pressure uh, yep. persuade and swayed him. Not that he necessarily could have stopped it. Um, what actually stood out to me is when the Jewish people and the people in general that, that were there that hated Jesus, <clears throat> and I, I want to say something, you know, sometimes over over culture and time, people blame Jews for crucifying Jesus. And I want to remind you that Jesus was Jewish and all his disciples were Jewish. And, you know, everybody involved in the New Testament was basically Jewish unless they were classified as a non-Jew, a Gentile or a Samaritan, which is very few people in the New Testament are talked about that are not Jewish. And so it wasn't that Jewish people um, crucified Jesus. In fact, what stood out to me is this, the just that phrase, crucify him, crucify him. And it, it, it propelled and compelled Pilate to crucify Jesus. And I actually thought about what really crucified Jesus, what was really driving Jesus to the cross. And, and at first thing I thought of was my sin, like my sin and my shame really is what was crying out, crucify him. It was pushing Jesus to the cross. Uh, And I just thought, wow, like, you know, my sin, my shame, my brokenness um, screams out, Jesus, we need your sacrifice. Jesus, we need this. And I think when every person comes to that conclusion in their own heart, like, wow, uh, almost like screaming out, like, Lord, I need you. Like, I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't run my life successfully it's it's empty success won't fulfill it fame riches desires nothing will satisfy the heart of a man and when you realize that it's only Jesus uh, that's almost like screaming out that that word crucify him and I just I just saw that picture so clearly and it was like whoa you know because um, it's such a crazy thing for them to be screaming, crucify him, kill this man. You know, it's just, we don't see that often in our culture, mm. um, but we do. I mean, we actually do see that kind of venom and hatred. I've I've even heard people uh, for the last two presidents, President Trump and President Obama, Obama um, to, to basically say we, we would rather have them dead than be our presidents. You know, I've seen hatred towards our own yep. presidents and it's... It's sad, and it's really no different than what you're seeing here uh, in terms of just the hatred in people's heart. It's been around for quite a long time. In fact, Jesus was crucified for that. Um, I have a few other things I can say about that. Unless you want I'd, to jump I'd in. like to say something real quick on that. One, you know, heard the phrase death to America. That's a pretty big phrase right now with with the radicals and the, you know, Islamic radicals saying, you know, that type of thing. So we see that in the world we live in today in that respect. The question is, who crucified Jesus? Uh, If you ask the question, did the Jews crucify Jesus? I believe the answer is yes. But if you answer the question, did the Gentiles crucify Jesus? I believe the answer is yes. Uh, Who crucified Jesus? Everybody did. And it comes right back down Mm -hmm. to... Our sin is what crucified Jesus. So I totally agree with you, but I maybe approach it just from the 
Absolutely they did. Absolutely we did. Yeah, they just didn't do it alone. Yeah, no way did they do it alone. Not their fault. We got Herod. We got Pilate. We got all the Romans. Exactly. We got the Romans. So who crucified Jesus? Yes. The answer is everybody because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I actually did a message on that back in the day when the Passion of Christ came out. But that's all I wanted to say on that. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. You know, some other things that sent Jesus to the cross that really had much more power than the crowd of saying crucify him mm-hmm. is is Jesus' own obedience. Yep. So his obedience drove him to the cross. Yep. There was a moment where he went to the Garden of Geth- Gethsemane and he had a moment with the Lord where he said, you know, uh, God, if, if it is your will, let this cup, let this decision pass before me. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine going to the cross. He's saying, is there any other way? That if it, po- if there any other way, if it possible, let this cup pass from me. And then he just quickly goes from that. Nevertheless, let your will be done. Yeah. And, and he goes to this place of obedience and he's having a conversation with God. Is this the right way? And yes, it is. Very quickly he goes. And so obedience and then also sacrifice drove him to the cross. Absolutely. Um, he was the ultimate sacrifice. His ob- He uh, his obedience drove him to sacrifice, and obedience is greater than sacrifice. And why that's true is because, you know, lambs and bulls and goats and pigeons and everything, or doves rather, were being sacrificed, but they weren't being obedient in their sacrifice. They were being sacrificed uh, out of their own willpower because they're, you know, animals. But Jesus, in his own willpower, in his own strength, in his own obedience, as a perfect son of man and son of God, decided. I will do this. I will obey the Lord. I will obey my Father God and sacrifice my life, not to mention the sacrifice of the Father uh, to sacrifice his Son, Father God. And uh, so there's much sacrifice involved um, in that. And then another thing is not just the negative reasons why Jesus went to the cross, but flip around to the positive things. And it wasn't just our sin. It wasn't just our shame. It wasn't just, you know, that, that we might, you know, have our, all of our evil things taken care of, but it was actually to give us new life and to give us healing and give us freedom and give us deliverance and salvation. And so our own salvation drove Jesus to the cross. And so I just, I thought, and there'd probably be some cool message you could come up with. I, I can't do it now. But, you know, with the letters crucify, you could probably come up with something for every letter that uh, that drove Jesus to the cross. You know, I could be iniquity. You know, F could be freedom. I mean, you just it doesn't I mean, we just have fun with that. But that word right there represents all of the reasons why Jesus went to the cross. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you when you watch this whole interchange, you can see not a man who is desperate like the two criminals hanging next to him. You see a man who's not, you know, panicked or or you see someone who is actually walking something out and understanding where they're at in it. I mean, he stops, he turns, the women are wailing behind him, but Jesus turning to them said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. But we for yourselves and for your children. He warned them of what was coming in that situation. Um, when he's being crucified, he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. You know, the, the, he, not in this gospel, but I believe it's in John, he deals with his mom while he's hanging on the cross. He says, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your, uh, your mother. 
you know, he, he's, he's doing, taking care of others the whole time he's being crucified. A crazy, you know, I mean, this is basically the worst of the worst torture, one of the most horrible things that could happen to somebody. And in the middle of all of it, he is, he is ministering to others. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't mean that he doesn't, you know, say, I thirst or Father, why hast thou forsaken me, you know, uh, or even when he said it's finished. There are things that he said in response to the crucifixion, but the amazing thing to me is his ability to, to minister to other people in the middle of his crucifixion. It's just an incredibly crazy picture of how good God is. And then with, with Herod, that he doesn't answer him a word. You know, can you imagine yeah. you're taken to Herod and, and they mock you, they put you in a fancy robe, all the things that go on, and he doesn't even answer him a word. So he was in control of himself as he did what God wanted him to do. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For over 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior, we offer free estimates, and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Morning Breath. Welcome back, everybody. That's right. Welcome back. And 
We're going to just jump here back to Luke chapter 23, right at the end of the chapter. Jesus has just been crucified. He's just died. And there are so many things in this chapter that are significant and powerful. Uh, even the fact that Jesus was uh, no bones in his body were broken, just various things like that, very prophetic. There's so many prophecies in there. But then there's this little part that just kind of spoke to me as I was actually reading it um, today, like didn't catch it last night. But Joseph, he's a good man, and he didn't consent to the decisions of Jesus being crucified on the cross. He didn't. He wasn't for that. It wasn't in agreement with what they did. And he went and he took Jesus. They took him off the cross, which normally they would just be left up there to rot or be just thrown in a grave, thrown in a pile somewhere. He got him and he took care of the body and he brought him into an empty tomb that was cut from the rock and he placed him in there. And I just thought about that is a very um, metaphorical and pictorial version of what we can do with the Lord, that when we recognize God's goodness, when we recognize Jesus, we can invite him in to our life, maybe even for the first time. In fact, right now, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you could ask him right now. You could say, Jesus, come into my heart. Now, if you have, there's places you haven't allowed him to enter. You could say, Lord, I haven't given this over to you. I want you. I need you. Ask him today, and God will enter your heart. God bless you guys. See ya. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.